adore him this morning. He is so good to us. He secured our salvation. He's so good. He's so good to us. Our great high priest, our great God, our great lover, our great friend, our rock forever. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you so much. Without you, I flop and flail everywhere. And I can't be anything without you being my everything, Lord. And I just love you, and I just declare that to you today. You are my everything, Jesus. You are my everything, Jesus.
Sing your prayer. 
said everyone will be seasoned by fire but you're not to lose your salt your flavor that's where you get your flavor when you go through the fire and you're what is else does he say in that have peace with everyone and so Christabel went through fire and she hasn't not only not lost her flavor she's got a wonderful flavor you know and uh, so we bless you thank you for coming our way and And uh, the Lord's going to raise up more and more testimonies of, you know, traumatic brain injuries, whatever, of people that were God raised up, they overcame, and, and they're going to have great ministries in these days and times. Does that sound like a good plan for you guys? And uh, it's just going to happen. Well, next Sunday, the guy I told you about, Andre from the Ukraine, that has this ministry where he's in America and they gather, they have these fire schools. He goes all over the world. But he, remember, he couldn't come when it snowed that Sunday. So he's going to be here next week. He was part of the conference. And if you know people with addictions, bring them. This guy has an amazing anointing. Uh, addictions are broken off of people. So, um, you know, bring them, invite them to come. Sunday morning, obviously, you don't have to register. You just come. And then Sunday night, Lance Walnow will be with us. So the missions conference goes from Thursday night through next Sunday night. And it's going to be a blessing. I'm looking for, uh, for something major to happen. Now, you know I need to address something before I share. I've got something, but you know this as well as I know. Right now, America is at war. We're at war. It's not with bullets yet. I pray that it never goes there. And it's not with the Russians. That's ridiculous. It's not with Chinese. It's in our own borders. 
and we're in a great war. I don't know if you saw, there was an article, and I saw where um, some people have tried to launch some national prayer efforts against this, but there was an article where witches now are using social media to place binding spells on President Trump. I don't know if you saw that. And Wiccans, musicians, mystics, leftist groups, leftist politicians, radical Islam, Marxists, the media, globalists. Basically, you can wrap it all up by saying the spirit of Antichrist. It's what it is. It's the spirit of Antichrist. And uh, you know, God heard our prayers. And he rescinded. And he gave us a reprieve. But uh, the church cannot lay down. You know, the devil's not going to... Uh, just retreat now and say, okay, you can have America. How many of you know that? The devil's surrogates, and I really mean that, they are the devil's surrogates, dressed as politicians. I don't care what kind of clothes they're wearing. Because Ephesians tells us that the prince of the power of the air works in the sons of disobedience. And so they've been taken captive to do the devil's bidding. And so they've launched a war against our president, against our nation. If they ever get back in control, it would be very tragic for America. And so the church must arise and, and we must resist evil. And it is evil. Make no mistake about it. It is an epic battle. How many of you knew you'd live in the days of great epic battles? That's just the way it is. You've been chosen. And we can't back down and we can't back up. Um, this is an amazing time. It's not normal. I remember this week the Lord brought to my mind the dream that I had spent a few years ago. Some of you may never heard that, but it's appropriate to share it again. But in this dream, I was, I was in a garden. I had my rake, and I was playing around with a little garden snake. He was under my rake. And so I was just kind of fooling around with it. All of a sudden, the garden snake pushed my rake out of the side through it and the snake grew to become a great serpent standing before me I wish I had could tell you I just rebuked that serpent in the name of Jesus I bind it tied it up and threw it away that's not what happened in the dream it's a dream I'm just reporting in the dream this serpent standing before me and I start backing up you would too if you saw what I saw now I know after being around last week down in Colombia and in that episode in that bay these things are real Real, more real than we know. You just can't always see them. I saw them in a dream. So anyway, I'm backing up, and I knew if this serpent bites me, I'm a dead man. It's over. It's history. And um, he was looking at me, and he was getting closer. Now, guess what? I tripped and fell. That's just what you want to do when a serpent's coming after you, trip and fall. Thank God the dream shifted, and I was all of a sudden in another scene in a barber's chair getting my hair cut. When I go to the barber, I try to get him to put more on these days and take off, you know, to be honest with you, but it doesn't always work that way. But anyway, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a haircut. Then the barber in the dream takes out a measuring tape and he puts it up against my heart and he measures my heart. And then the Lord over time it spoke to me that we're going to be facing serpents like we've never faced before. But God has been grooming us when you get, you know, your hair, grooming us for this hour. We've been groomed. But the key is the heart. It's an issue of the heart. And uh, do you have the heart for this hour? 
And I believe that we do. I believe we've been chosen. I believe it's the time we've been waiting for. I always say that. I'm going to believe it. I'd rather believe than lie there on the floor with a serpent staring at me. I'd rather get up. Now, I've got to share a few things, and we want to pray, and then I'm going to get in the Word. So hang with me. You guys with me? I've got to show you this. Go to Psalm 74. I know I've already shared this, but I don't know if you got it. And, and I don't know if I've gotten it, so I've got to share it again. But during the election, right after the election, the Lord, I had a dream, another dream where I was reading out of Psalm 74 and Psalm 78. And I've been looking at these two Psalms. That's probably a good idea. And uh, Psalm 78, let me look at Psalm 78 first. There's a verse. And uh, in fact, the whole Psalms are amazing. But uh, in that Psalm, in verse 65, or verse 66, this is a picture of what we're facing in America. We are in a war. Make no mistake about it. It is full-fledged war. They are not coming to compromise. The enemy is to take over and destroy. That's the enemy's tactics. He's always been the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Anyway, verse 66, and he beat back his enemies. That's what we need God to do. And he put them into a perpetual reproach. That means perpetual means everlasting or bring them to the, a place of a vanishing point. That's what we need. We need God to arise and bring the enemies of God to a vanishing point. In fact, look in verse 65. Here's the antidote. Then the Lord awoke as from sleep like a mighty man who shouts because of wine. And we did a whole series, a whole message one Sunday on when the Lord awakens. How many of you remember that? So in order for America to have a great awakening, we need God to awaken. It's like, you know, the disciples, the Lord fell asleep and they went to the back of the boat. Wake up, we're perishing. We need people that are rattling the chains, and the doors of heaven in this hour. It's not a time to retreat. It's a time to rise up. If a church that retreats in this hour will be held accountable for retreating. And God will hold them to much is given, much is required. Now look in Psalm 74. And, um, and in verse 23, do not forget the voice of your enemies, O God. That's what you're saying. That's a prayer. The turmoil of those who rise up against you increases continually. How many of you know that's happening? The turmoil rising, increasing. We thought everything was going to be smooth sailing. It's not going to be smooth sailing. But here's the answer in verse 22. Arise, O God. Plead your own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproaches you daily. The foolish man, remember, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That really says the fool has said in his heart, no to God. That's the fool. And um, now this is an amazing prayer. And I want to encourage you. We're going to pray it this morning. We're going to break curses off of our president. Binding spells, social media, witches, Wiccan, Satanists. Our God is far greater than the God of darkness. He's, he's a God. He's doomed. His doom is sure. And, uh, but we have to stand on the truth in the hour. We have to be the people of God. You don't go to church. You are the church. So anyway, well, you go to just a fellowship, but we are. Now look in verse, uh, let me show you, verse 10. Here's a great prayer to pray during this week when you read more about Wiccans cursing our leaders. And by the way, I know Jeff Sessions. I know of him. We were in Alabama. My, my, our good friends, Mike Godfrey, they know him personally. He's the most humble, sweet man of God, 
He's a precious born-again believer. So is Vice President Pence. I tell you, the enemy's rising up, but so are we. We're going to rise up. All right, look in verse 10. Now, just think if you prayed this, Oh, God, oh, God, how long will, you, will the adversary reproach? Will the enemy blaspheme your name forever? Why do you withdraw your hand, even your right hand? Take it out of your bosom, God, and destroy them. That's what the psalmist says. Why do you think he wrote this? For our enjoyment? No, it's because he knew we would live in these days. And he gives us a strategy. Take it out of your bosom, God. Take your hand out of your bosom and destroy them. For God is my king from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You divided the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the sea serpent in the waters. You broke the heads of Leviathan. Leviathan is like the god of pride. The children of pride, I could show you that. But the Lord showed me this summer. The children of pride, their god is Leviathan. He's a big sea serpent. A big serpent. I saw him. But you broke open the fountain of the flood. You dried up. The day is yours. The night is yours. You've prepared the light and the sun. You've set all the borders of the earth. Who set the borders? God set them. Remember this, that the enemy has reproached you, O Lord, and that a foolish people has blasphemed your name. Oh, do not deliver the life of your turtle dove. Let me just say America to the wild beast. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. Have respect to the covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of the haunts of cruelty. That just says, basically, that in the secret places, the wicked are joining forces. They're casting their spells. They're seeking to undermine and destroy God's inheritance. You know, and everybody with me? You see, we got to get engaged. We're an army. We're soldiers of the cross. We're not wimpy believers that go around thinking everything is fine. We're warriors. We're worshipers and we're warriors. If you're not a warrior, you better learn to worship. Because I'm telling you what we're facing in this hour is much bigger than us, but not bigger than him. So anyway, this is, I'm going to pray. Let, can we pray and break these curses? I heard that. It made me mad. I mean, anybody else make you mad? It ought to make us mad, mad in the spirit. I know we're to be loving and kind. These are sons of the wicked one. You're either going to be a son of the kingdom or a son of the devil. That's all it is. The middle ground is over. You're making, you're taking sides. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up our president. It's our responsibility. And so, God, we pray right now. We break in the name of Jesus who rose from the dead. Every binding, a binding spell, every spirit of witchcraft, every curse, judgment, incantation. We break in any, every negative agreement over against him, against our vice president, against the attorney general, against the cabinet in the name of Jesus. And while we're praying this, we break these curses off of us, off of our children, off of the church in America, off of the righteous. We declare our God rules and reigns. We're under the blood of Jesus. No curse has any place. So we serve notice to the devil. Go. Lord, we ask you to take your hand out of your bosom and destroy. In Jesus' name. And Lord, if you didn't have intend us to pray that, you shouldn't have put it in the Bible. We've discovered it. We take you at your word. God, rise up, oh God. Scatter your enemies and bring revival to the land. Lord, you said, touch not my anointed. Donald Trump right now is the anointed. 
Lord, we pray everyone that touches him, God, rise up and show yourself strong. Lord, show America that there's a God that rules and reigns in the house of God. And he's not asleep in the back of the boat. He's awakened. And we're awakened too, Lord. And send a great awakening to America. And we pray for souls. We pray for a harvest out of the left. A harvest. You showed me that, Lord. A great harvest would come out of the left. We pray for it, Father. God, have mercy and deliver them. We pray in Jesus' strong name. Amen. Okay, go with me. I've got to show this. You've got to get this out. Ezekiel chapter 43. We're coming into a very prophetic season and time in America, but on the earth, in the life of this church, in my life, in your life. I came back, something happened in Colombia. I'm telling you, something happened to me. You need to go again. But I'm, I'm telling you, this is a serious time. Serious time for you, and I'm praying for an impartation. But... um. We're in a war. Now, how are we going to win this war? I'm going to show you the, the way we're going to win the war. It's the only way. You're not going to fight it with... Well, you can fight it, but I don't know if you can win it with weapons. These guys have all the money in the earth. They got, they got the money. You don't know who we're dealing with. We're dealing with some of the top servants of the devil that operate in positions of government and... It's an incredible story. I can't believe we get to live it. But look at this. Ezekiel 43. Afterward, he brought me to the gate, the gate that faces toward the east. And behold, the glory of the Lord, the glory of the God of Israel, came from the way of the east. His voice was like the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. It was like the appearance of the vision which I saw, like the vision which... Now watch this. When I saw, when I came to destroy the nation... It says city. It's very important that you remember that. The visions were like the vision which I saw by the river Chebar, and I fell on my face, and the glory of the Lord came into the temple by the way of the gate which faces toward the east. The Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Then I heard him speaking to me from the temple while a man stood beside me. And he said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. No more shall the house of Israel defile my holiness name. They nor their kings by their harlotry or with the carcasses of their kings on their high places. When they set their threshold by my threshold and their doorpost by my doorpost with a wall between them and me, they defiled my holy name by the abominations which they committed. Therefore, I have consumed them in my anger. Now, let them put their harlotry and their carcasses of their kings and their leaders Far away from me, and I will dwell in their midst forever. Son of man, describe the temple to the house of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their iniquities, and let them measure the pattern. And if they are ashamed of all that they've done, make known to them the design of the temple and its arrangement, its exits, and its entrances. Do you know their exits and their entrances? Its entire design and all its ordinances. Write it down in their sight so that they may keep its whole design. This is the law of the temple. The whole area surrounding the mountaintop is most holy. Behold, this is the law of the temple. I want to talk about the antidote to what we're facing and what you're facing. And it must happen. 
And we're living in a prophetic season. Now, thinking about the glory of the Lord. Let me just read some scriptures, okay? You guys, don't go to sleep today. Don't go to sleep. Ezekiel, or no, Exodus. Let me just read 29. This shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of meeting before the Lord, where I met you to speak with you. And there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. Exodus 40. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And Moses was not able to enter because the cloud rested above it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Leviticus 9. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came and blessed the people. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people and fire came out before the Lord, consumed the burnt offering. And when all the people saw it, you know what they did? They fell on their faces. And then... Over in chapter 10, it's just going on, we see Nadab and Abihu, and they offer their own fire, strange fire. And the fire comes out of the altar and devours them. And Jesus, and the Lord said, but those who come near to me, I must be, reg I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. To see his glory requires he gets all the glory. Okay, so anyway... Hang with me. First Kings. And it came to pass when the priest came out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that they could not even continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Then Isaiah, remember, in the year that King Uzziah died, in the year of death, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne. His robe filled the temple. Remember, holy, holy, holy. The Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of the glory. And then Isaiah 40, every mountain shall be exalted in every mountain, every hill brought low. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. Isaiah 60, what does it say? You know that one by heart. Arise and shine for the glory of the Lord is come, risen upon you. Darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Boy, we're seeing it. But the glory of the Lord will arise over you. Habakkuk, for the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Now, Ezekiel 44, 4. And as also he brought me by the way of the north gate to the front of the temple. So I looked, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord, and I fell on my face. Now, Bonnie Jones shared with us a word that Bob had 40 years ago. Do you remember? What happened? 40 years ago, the Lord showed Bob the glory had departed. Now, we know there have been moves of God. There have been places, obviously. We were really touched by Pensacola. Our church had a little revival because of what happened in Pensacola. To many places, things have happened. But God showed Bob that the glory of the Lord, God wrote Ichabod as a whole over the church in America. The 40 years ends March the 11th, 2017. Now, I know that you would say, well, that's dangerous to trust in dates. Well, I understand all of that. But I also know God is a God of precision. He's a God of dates, God of seasons and times. I would rather believe the prophets. It says, perfect vision. Believe the prophets and you will prosper, right? That's like 2020 vision. What is it, 2 Chronicles 2020 or 1 Chronicles 2020? Second. 2020 vision. Believe the prophets. 
you know. And of course, the prophet is Jesus. You've got to hear Jesus through these prophets. Are they not prophets? If I don't hear the master's voice, I don't care what they call themselves. I don't want to hear what they got to say. But anyway, dates can be dangerous, but they also can be right on target. It's not unheard of. For example, Haggai, from the day that the Lord, that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it from this very day, I will bless you. So there was a mark of demarcation. Okay, the blessing came from that day. Remember, Elijah told the woman, you know, uh, go and prepare me, the widow. All she had, just a little bit left for her and her son. She was going to prepare it and they were going to die. So he says, well, skip dying. Prepare me. Give me that little bit of flour that you have. But the Lord says, you're not, and the Lord, he prophesied, you're not going to run out until the day the drought ends. And, uh, Rain comes on the earth. And then remember, on the day Noah entered the ark, the flood came. The very day the flood came and destroyed them. On the very day that Lot went out of Sodom, what happened? Fire and brimstone. So, you know, the day of Pentecost, how can we forget? On the day of Pentecost, you know, when it had fully come, the fullness of time, all of a sudden, the sound of a rushing, mighty wind filled the house. I'm waiting for that rushing, mighty wind. I hear it already. So God is a God of suddenlies. He's a God of delays. He's also a God of precise times and seasons. So this morning, what happens when his glory returns? I would rather believe come next Saturday, you know, than be those in unbelief. I'd just rather stand before God and say, God, I believe the word that 40 years on that day, the glory is coming back into the house of God. Who cares if I see it? A lot of times things happen you don't see. It's happening in the spirit realm. But I know that God honor, will honor Bob's word. Those words are still being spoken. They're in the heavens. Every word. In fact, doesn't Acts say that the, the time of restoration will be a fulfillment of all those things spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. Jesus is retained. Heaven is holding him back. So regardless of what happens that we can see, I'm going to believe God. I believe an awakening has already begun in America. Already begun. Because people cried out to him. They're crying. They've been crying out. We saw we were on the brink of a major catastrophe. The prophets will tell you, I know it's, we knew it. We knew it in our heart. We were so close to being finished as a nation. And all of a sudden, God intervened. The unthinkable happened. That's why they're so upset. It was unthinkable. And the devil's camp's raging. Hell is in a fury. Hell is also really upset. They're also in fear. If, you can, if a demon can fear, they're fearing right now because of what's happening in the church and the people of God. You carry authority. Everywhere you go, demons shudder. They don't want you to go. They want you to stay in your closet. Demons. Okay. Let's go now. Isaiah 44.4 is very key. Shirley and I see that number all the time. Bob saw it. All the time. We see it all the time. 
Also, he brought me by the way of the north gate to the front of the temple. So I looked, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. And I fell on my face. Now, the key is, how is it going to happen? If you, to get to 44.4, you've got to read chapter 43. And he, there's, a, there's some really a key to see this come to pass. So can we go over that? There's a bunch of little points. Stay with me. Don't get in a hurry. I'm not going to be, it's not going to take very long. But we got to read this. So how will it happen? It's the only way we're going to win. Let me put it this way. When the Lord, because that's he, came to destroy the city. It wasn't the city that saved itself. It wasn't the nation that saved itself. It wasn't the government. It was the glory of the Lord filling the house of the Lord. I'll show you that. I'm glad you asked. Look in verse 1. Afterward, so number 1. Afterward, he brought me to the gate. So number 1, if we're going to see his glory, it, it, we must see what happened. It says afterward. So you look back in verse 20. He measured it on the four sides, and it had a wall all around, 500 cubits, to separate the holy areas from the common or the unclean. So for the glory of the Lord to return to the house of the Lord, he is going to separate the holy from the unholy, from the common, from the profane. There's a great separation happening today between that which is profane from that which is holy. It's just the Bible. And we've talked about it many times. We're living in that age of the harvest, the separation of the... The wheat and the tares, sheep and the goat, left from the right, wicked from the righteous. Malachi says, from those who serve God, from those who do not serve God. You're going to see a great separation in this day. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, and not everyone that walks in the supernatural. The Lord said, depart from me. I never knew you. You prophesy. You cast out demons. I never knew you. So God's going to separate those who went from those who were sent. Those who speak their own word from those who speak, thus saith the Lord. It's going to happen. Fire. Everybody will be seasoned with fire. Everybody. Jesus said it. That's why he said, make sure you don't lose your flavor in that. Salt will not lose its flavor and be at peace with everyone. So, number one, there's a great separation happening right before our eyes. Okay, number two, look at this. Afterward, he brought me to the gate. Secondly, for the glory to return, we must get in our place and stay there. Ecclesiastes said it this way don't leave your post. The American church. Oh, I could really, but I'm going to be good. Look, look at this. Afterward, he brought me to the gate. Find out where God's called you. And get there. And if need be, die there. Stay. Until God says go. Remember Acts chapter 2. You know, they all gathered in one place. Then They would not have heard, if they had not gathered together in one place, the place of God's choosing, they would not have heard the rushing mighty wind 
Forget it. They would have missed it. They would have missed it. Thinking they actually heard it. You'll know when the rushing mighty wind sounds. To experience the suddenly, you've got to be in place. To see the tongues of fire. God is not only separating, but he's summoning his people to get in place. Number three, to, for the glory to return, look in, in verse 2, and behold the glory, of the glory of the God of Israel. We must, once and for all, I mean, God is selecting his people. Not everyone that, that calls him their Lord is he their Lord. And so God is selecting. He's a people that's called after him. The God of the glory of the God of Israel. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26 says, Not many wise nor noble, but God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Remember that? I, I know we, that was also a message not too long ago, but look over in Romans 9 again. I want to see this real quickly. This is so important. God chooses not on how our gifting, He chooses us because we're really probably pretty ungifted, you know, and God just chooses us because that's what He does. He chooses. Those who think they're the most usable will be the most disposable. I'll show you, you were, is that scripture? Absolutely it is. Look in verse 15 of Romans 9. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. So then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, even if they run well, but of God who shows mercy. And then he gives an example of Pharaoh. For this purpose I've raised you up, even Pharaoh. And he will have mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills he will harden. Look down in verse 22. What if God, wanting to show his wrath, you know, he endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. That's where we are right now. God has been enduring with these vessels of wrath that have been prepared for destruction, but he's about to take his hand out of his bosom. How do you preach that? It's in the Word. It's not the word of David, it's the word of God. If you preach your own word, get out of the pulpit. If you preach God's word, you preach it boldly. You may not be the most popular. In fact, if you preach God's word, you won't be very popular. Not in this hour in America. But you will stand before God and give an account for every word that you spoke. Especially behind a pulpit. Too much is given. Much will be required. Don't stand behind a pulpit. Unless you know you've got a word from heaven. How can you speak a word for heaven if you haven't heard a word from heaven? Don't you dare in this hour say you speak for God. You speak for yourself. Tell the people. When you hear from God, you'll know it and the people will know it. Could you imagine being gathered all of a sudden a rushing mighty wind? The sound of many waters. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. Because that sounds about to erupt too. But anyway, look what he said. Verse 23. He, he said, And that he might make known the vessels of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for his glory. Remember that. God prepared vessels for his glory beforehand. Not those who run, even though they ran well. But God, God chose mercy. Now we have to choose him. But look in verse 26. They shall be called sons of the living God. 
And it's these sons that verse 28 is going to happen. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness. For the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. That's where we are right now. God's raising up sons of the living God who will do the work of God, the will of God, the way of God. And it will be a short work and it's a glorious time. They're prepared. Everybody with me? All right, stay with me. Number four, there's only about 11 of these, okay? But I'm going to go fast. Verse 2, again. Oh, let me get back there. All right. And behold, the glory of the Lord came from the way of the east for the glory of the Lord to come back to the house of God. The glory must come God's way and not ours. From the way. Of the east. We cannot forget God's ways are not our ways. Just the time we think we've got God's way figured out, God moves out of the way and the people carry on with the religious ways. Ways of their own choosing, thinking it's God. God is a God beyond our ways. You cannot bottle Him up. You can't copy Him. You can't just repeat what others are saying. His ways are past finding out. Amen? I'm just laying it out. You don't have to shout. I like to shout. No, I don't. I don't care. Now, look at this one. Now, I've got to shout here because look what number five. Uh, look in verse, um, verse two. We're still in verse two. How about that? Behold, the glory of the Lord came from the way of the Lord. His voice was like the sound of many waters. When we... Um, when I lived in West Virginia, before Shirley and I met, I lived in a trailer. You wouldn't, I went back to that trailer, oh, it's pitiful. I can't believe I lived there. It was pitiful, it was pitiful. It was horrible. But I didn't know, I didn't care. I, I went to where I believed God sent me, even though it was killing me every day I was there. I, I felt like I was in the doghouse, and I really was. Do you know that when I first became a pastor of that church, I brought my dog, Jonathan, and I built him a doghouse. And so I wanted to see what the doghouse was like. If Jonathan's going to live in that house, I want to see what it's like if it's big enough. So anyway, I'm in the doghouse. I get in, I crawl in the doghouse, and somebody from the church comes and knocks on my door. <laughs> you know. Where are you? I said, I'm right here. Where? I'm in the doghouse. So you're the, new, you're the new pastor in town. Yeah, this is great. He's in the doghouse. I live in the doghouse. No, I don't. I don't get in there anymore. But you know, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, I had hay in there and stuff. There's plenty of room. But no, let me, the reason I told the story, let me get back. I, I don't mean to be silly. But <laughs> anyway... Why did I tell that story? Oh, because I'm in the trailer. And they had a mountain stream behind the trailer. And I loved listening to the sound of the flowing, rippling waters. And I would open the window at night. Sometimes I wake up freezing, you know. But still, I wanted to hear the sound of the many waters. Just, I don't know, being from the south, I never heard anything. We didn't have flowing, you know, we don't have that stuff down there. So anyway, it was just really awesome hearing the water. God's about to come like a... I saw that prophet. Somebody put it out on the Elijah list. The Lord is about to speak like the sound of many waters. Just confirmed it. I, there's a story that I often tell. and I, 
It's been a while, but it just tells what I think is going to happen. But D.L. Moody was preaching one time at a very large church in New York City. And um, they didn't know if they wanted him to speak there because he had a reputation of being a little bit radical. This was a real sophisticated church back when they smoked cigarettes on poles in those days. The, the women, you know, they poles way before my time. But I remember seeing pictures of it. So anyway, they didn't know. But they invited him anyway, and he was preaching, and he, his pronunciation was not that good. And he used words that they weren't accustomed to, and they were laughing and making funny faces. And Well, who is this guy, D.L. Moody? Why did we invite him to our church? This uncool, you know what I mean. But all of a sudden, the people stopped laughing, stopped looking around. It's like something happened. They weren't hearing D.L. Moody anymore. All of a sudden, they became conscious of the voice of the Holy Spirit. And they were arrested in their seats, their pews in those days. And God moved in that church. The Spirit of God was poured out. We've got to hear what God has to say. We've got to hear, thus saith the Lord. This is the hour. I'm telling you, it's the hour. Thus saith the Lord. I remember back in seminary, and I didn't understand. I didn't agree with some of the stuff, but I, I just remember one of the guys saying, when will that generation arise who will again stand before the people and say, thus saith the Lord? I remember that. And in my heart, I said, God, I want to be one of them. Lord, here am I. Send me. You know, I sign me up. I want to be one of those that speak, thus saith the Lord. I tell you, America's greatest need, along with the trumpet that has moved into the White House, our nation needs to hear a clear-sounding trumpet from him, coming from God's house. And it's the trumpet of heaven. And when this happens, glory will come. It's his word. Remember, it wasn't the city. There it is again in verse 3. It was like the appearance of the vision which I saw. It says, when I came, he, the word is he, when he came to destroy the city. It wasn't the city that saved itself. It was what happened after, and we're going to read the rest of it. Okay, number six. You guys with me? Number six. Look in verse, we're still in verse two, but we move fast because we're obviously 11. There's only five more. And behold, the glory of the Lord came from the way of the east. His voice was like the voice of sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. When his glory comes back to the church, the whole earth will feel the impact. The whole earth. The word shown is luminous, glorious, the break of day. It means to set on fire, to shine. When I was in Colombia, I told you about, you know, Etienne. Now, he's been here, but he brought a man with him from South Africa, never been to Moravian Falls. He woke up one morning, he said, David, I had a vision I had a, of the of Moravian Falls. He said, is there a falls in your city? Because what I saw was the falls like going backwards and it was like bursting forth, like water springing, shooting forth into the heavens from the falls. I said, guess what? There's a falls. And I've seen that before. When it rains really bad, you can see it like it's a reverse effect. But it's happening in the spirit. The word of God is being trumpeted from this place to the ends of the earth. And we're seeing evidence of stuff happening. But then he said, and also, I saw fire in the hills. I said, guess what? We live in the hills. There's a, it's the name of our CD. It's called Fire in the Hills. I tell you, there's fire in these hills. It's just waiting for a people to believe and step up. 
it's just it's waiting for this. I mean, it's not a small thing. We got to have. It's going to impact the earth. I don't. Well, I'm going to quote. He did say the other night in his speech, our president. He said, "Americans must stop thinking small." Something like that. You remember that? You got to think big. Well, the church should be thinking big all the time. We we don't serve a minuscule Jesus. He's a big God. When Linda was sharing with me some testimonies of our Skype team touching nations, he's a big God. He's a big God. I'm telling you, the Great Commission. Jesus gave the great. It's a great commission, not a small commission. He said, "You are witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea, Judea and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth." Let's go for the uttermost parts of the earth. That's the prophecy. Bob said, "From this." These grounds, the gospel would be preached to the ends of the earth, and He's given us an army of young men who's going to trumpet that gospel with power all over the earth. And um, and then He said he, he commissioned them to go make disciples of all nations, all nations, all nations. Let's go for all, and if we just short, you know, if we only disciple a couple hundred, so be it. I know. You better have a big vision in this hour. That's why I'm trying to impart it to you. Okay, when His glory. Well, one more thing. Daniel 11:32. Those who know their God shall be strong and carry out small exploits. Great exploits. You have greatness living inside of you. Hope, Christabel, so shared that hope. But we have greatness, greatness. Jesus, a great God. He's great. He's greater. Greater is He that He lives inside of you. And then when His glory returns, look in verse four and five. His people will be filled with glory. And the glory of the Lord came into the temple by the way of the east. And the Spirit lifted me up, brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. You know that scripture, Colossians. It says, uh, "You know His glory, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope. The word hope is expectation of. So there's an expectation in us of who Jesus is in this hour, and what Jesus has said, He will do exactly. It's Christ in us, and the whole world. It's a mystery." And the world, the Gentiles are going to see that mystery, Christ in us. It's all about Him. And then, verse six and verse seven. Then I heard Him speaking to me from the temple, and He said, "Son of man, this is the place of my throne, and the place of the soles of my feet. I will dwell in the midst forever." And so, when His glory returns, His throne, His reign, is going to be known in the earth. When the glory comes to the house of God, the earth is going to take notice that there's a God that does not come just to hang around. He's come to reign and rule. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. We get to preach the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is about a king reigning through his kingdom throughout all the earth, and all the nations, every nation, shall bow one day before him. It's the kingdom that's coming on the increase. I know his enemies are on the increase, but his kingdom is increasing at a great more speed 
The speed of light, I'm telling you, it's just coming. His kingdom is coming. I'll never forget that dream I had when I stood in that pulpit. And I said, the kingdom of God is coming, the kingdom of God. And I said that over and over, and you've heard me share that. The Lord said, you tell the people, because I'm coming. My kingdom, my kingship. There's no king like our king. Every knee will, every earthly king that would dare defile the, the God of all creation. I tell you, their knee's going to bow so quick. I pray it bows sooner than later because they need Jesus. They need God offers them salvation. He loves the world. It's not his will that any should perish, but all would find repentance. So, and then verse 7, and as he said, the place, the throne, I will dwell. In other words, we've already spoken about it. When his glory returns, it will be an abiding glory, an abiding glory. No man will be able to stop what God is going to do. His glory is greater. You'll see men that try to stop or try to maybe take the glory for themselves drop like flies. No man will lay claim to what God is going to do. It's not by might nor by power. It's by my spirit. And then verse 7 through 9, we read verse 7. Basically, the children of Israel forever. No more shall the house of Israel defile my holy name. They nor their kings by their harlotry or their unfaithful idolatry. When they set their threshold by the threshold, they defile my holy name. In other words, when his glory returns, true holiness will be the trademark of his people. You won't have to wonder. I got to be holy. I got to be holy. No. His holiness is all... He's holy. He is holy. When you're focusing on Him who is holy, and you're yielded to Him and in alignment with Him, you will be holy. Be holy, even as I am holy. It's just going to be a natural byproduct of dwelling in the glory of God. You're going to sin when you're in His glory? Forget it. It can happen. You know what I mean? All right. You remember Isaiah? He said, woe is me, I'm a man. So there's something that God does. When His glory comes... I'm an unclean man. I dwell in the midst of an unclean people. There's a spirit of repentance that comes to prepare the people to dwell in the glory. So we need that spirit of repentance. You know, God's going to have a testimony. How many of you know that? His testimony is in his son, the spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus. But he's also going to have a testimony that he not only can deliver a people out of Egypt, out of sin but he can deliver Egypt out of his people. It will be said, it will be known. I not only saved them from their sin, but I saved... It's, I'm telling you, they were people that could walk in my sight. They walked holy. They, didn't, they weren't bound, they're free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Verse 10 and 11. This is number 11. You guys ready? This is it. Last one. Verse 10 and verse 11. Son of man, describe the temple of the house of the Lord, that they may be ashamed of their inequities and let them measure the pattern. And if they are ashamed of all that they have done, say they have done. They have done. Make known to them the design of the temple. Only if they're ashamed for what they've done, then you make the 
the design known, its entrances, its exits, its entire design, all of its forms, all of its laws, all of the temple. When the glory of the Lord comes back to the house of the Lord, he will give us the design, the plan that he had purposed all along. It will not be thought up by a man or a woman. It will be God's design, God's pattern. It's what we've been waiting for. That's why everybody that thinks they get it right have already got it wrong. They've already got it. If you hear that, I'm going to do it right, that's a key. He's about to do it wrong. God will show the pattern. It's going to be his glory. So now... What do I do, Lord? After this message, I'm putting myself on the, on the spot. What will it take to win the war currently taking place in America? It's the glory of the Lord coming back to the house of the Lord. That's it. That is, that's the bottom line. It's his presence and filling the house when people fall on their faces. Religion flees and the glory comes. So, Lord, what do we do now? What do we do? We want this. How many of you want this? Lord, it's what we're made for. It's what we've been waiting for. We're so tired of all the other. So, God, we don't know about Bob's vision. I'm just going to talk to God. Can you all be with me? Forty years ago, the glory departed. When's the 11th? Saturday? Forty years later, coming up Saturday. And Lord, we know we're not bound by dates. You know those things. People that predict the date of his coming, they blow it every time. Because no man's going to know that. But this is not his coming. This is something more. This is coming his glory. And not more, but it's his glory coming to the house of God. He's coming to his people before he comes for his people. So, Lord, regardless of what we see, on Saturday. David Hogan will be here. We like him. He's a fire plug. He's got a blue flame in his eyes. You ever seen it? You know that I got a blue flame in mine now because I asked the Lord, you may not can see it, but a friend of mine in Columbia saw it. And I said, thank you, God. Let it burn. Don't ever let it go out. It ain't going out. He already prophesied. He told me, it ain't, you ain't, you not a dripless candle. So I'm not going there. But Lord, we just pray. Fill the house of the Lord with the glory of the Lord. We're just holding you to your word. We confess that unless you fill the temple of God with your presence and your glory, we are history. We have no hope. These enemies are greater than us. They're larger. These serpents are much greater. But they're not greater than you. And so greater is he that lives us in us than he that lives in the world. So God, we just humble ourselves and we repent. We repent for thinking we had the design when we never had it. You don't have it. God, forgive us. Forgive us that we have made the glory so simple. Forgive us, God. Forgive us of our idolatries. Lord, our kings, our leaders, forgive them. Have mercy. God, come back to the house of God. Holy God, holy, 
Jesus, reign again in America. One final time, God. You know when Josiah, they had the reform and revival, it only lasted a little while. Then Josiah was killed, and other kings came. The judgments came. But they had a reprieve. They had a time. I don't know how long this time will come. There's some guys say it's from here. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is we have it now. And today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God wants to fill the house of God with the glory of God. So you know where the house is, right? Right here. So let's just get in a receiving mode here. Just, why don't we just, why don't you stand and let's just kind of get in a receiving mode because we need this. Father, Lord, we honor you in this place. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord. We get to stand before you as sons of the living God, unashamed. The kind that all of creation is waiting for. Sons of the kingdom. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you. This is an incredible time. Thank you, God. I get to live. Lord, thank you so much that each of us are here on the earth for such a time as this. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, forgive us. Cleanse us. Wash us. Oh, God. Wash us, God. Wash us clean. Come, spirit of conviction. Come to America again. Holy God. Lord, the days when they were cut to the heart because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. God, we ask you, visit America again with conviction. Oh, God, it's not about us. It's about your choosing. And so, Lord, we thank you. You've chosen us. So we respond by saying yes. And we say, fill the house of God. Fill this temple, Lord. Fill our children. Fill our churches. Fill North Carolina, God, with the glory of God. Moravian Falls, fill this place and shout your glory. Thank you for all you've been doing to prepare us for these days. Now, Lord, we thank you we have arrived. It's time. It's time. And so, Lord, nothing more to do. It's time. It's time. That's it. That's it. It's time. But we got to do one more thing. Because a guy got saved in Kenya watching our web stream, started a church. We got pictures this week from that church. He's, he started a church because people started showing up as his wife were worshiping. He and his wife were worshiping. And that they formed a church because people came. They, what are you going to do? We have to disciple the people. So, Lord, we pray. If, you, if you're watching, if you're in this room and you've never met Jesus, I guarantee you there are people here that have never met Jesus. I, I can promise you. I promise you. There are people here that have never truly been born again. But you can be born again today. Because if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. You've got to believe that Jesus is the way. He's the Son of God. That He died and rose from the dead. Confess with your mouth. And then just say, God, I come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. Wash me. I thank you for the blood that was shed for me. I make you my Lord. I make you my Lord. That's important. Not fire insurance just to escape the fire. You want, you want the fire so you can run through the fire. 
You know, you want the fire insurance, but you want the fire. So, Lord, we ask you to radically save people this morning. Not only rescue them from fire, but set their soul on fire. God, we prophesy, let churches be started all over the world. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for this new missionary movement. Man, when you go now, you can ask our friends that have been down in Mexico there, Heath. And when you go now, you, you did, it ain't like it used to be. We're going. Man, this is like you're being sent. You just came from Puerto Rico. It's like, man, people are getting ready to go to Moldova, right? Moldova. Who would go to Moldova? Those who are sent. Oh, God, thank you for this new missionary movement. Thank you, God, for the launching of ministries from these grounds that will shake the earth, shake hell's foundations, and declare the glory of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for the quick work you're doing on the earth through the sons of God that you, co you chose and prepared from the foundation of the world for your glory. We don't have to sign up for this. He chose us for this. We just have to agree. So we agree. Now, Lord, people that got saved, give them courage to go and confess now before men. If you deny him before men, he will deny you one day before when you stand before the Father. He will say, I never knew him. He was ashamed of me. She was ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed. You have nothing to be ashamed of. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we pray for fresh infillings of the Holy Spirit. Fresh anointing. Fresh infilling. Truck drivers need the anointing. I'm telling you, everybody needs the anointing. Fire. Anointing. God. We pray everywhere we go, the kingdom of God would break out. People fall under conviction. Lord, this is the time. We pray for that. Now, we also speak to every disease in this building and watching by the web stream. Because the sons of God who will have faith in the only begotten son of God... Filled with the Spirit of God, we say, go. Cancer, go. You have no more authority in place in the people of God. Brain diseases. That's a good thing. It's not by accident that she showed up. Not brain diseases, but brain injuries. We've been waiting. We believe. In the name of Jesus, brain injuries be healed. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, be healed. Sugar diabetes, go. And we ain't got time to have Alzheimer's or all that. What do they call it? Dementia. All that stuff, go. If you're watching, go. Dementia, go. You're gone. You have no place in the anointing, in the glory. No place. Heart disease, go. Clogged arteries, be unclogged in the name of Jesus. Hearts, be strong and be whole. Beat like you've never beat before. Because we've got a race to run in this hour. We have, we've got to run it. So thank you. Hearts, somebody's heart's being renewed. The Lord, he just took out some little blockage. Okay? It's, it's out. It's out. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the fire of God. The anointing. Wow. You're looking at your watch. What does that mean? You know what that means? You're wearing a watch. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm not picking on you. I'm not picking on you. I'm getting ready to release, but I just want to make sure we've done everything.
I don't want anybody to leave without what God has purposed for them. I don't, I don't want it. This is not some church. Well, it is a church. Yeah. It ain't. We, we can't have church. I mean, have. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you, God. We are the called out ones, the set apart ones. That's what the church, the ecclesia, the called out from the world, called unto him to go. Two great commands, come to me and go to the world. You don't have a choice. I heard Keith Green say, why do I go? Because he didn't rescind the call. He said, go. So somebody needed to hear that today. You're wondering, should you do that? Go. Go. Okay. I'm going to finish. Lord, is anything else dead to be raised? That's coming. You know it was prophesied that we would raise the dead here? Yeah. It's going to happen. It was prophesied by the guy in Kansas City that was a part of that revival. Uh, what was his name? The singer? Oh, Eric. Eric. Was, Lord, you remember that word? We, here we are. That's what disciples do. It's just what they do. It's just who they are. So bless every person, Lord. Fill them with faith and fire. And f God, thank you. We are seasoned with fire. So, Lord, let us bring forth an aroma, a flavor of, that people need in this hour. Let, them, let us smell more like Jesus than we've ever smelled. Give us love. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' strong name, amen. God bless you guys.